0: Where do you go to find authenticity and truth? Nobody wants to talk about the skeletons in their closet, the nitty-gritty, or the failures, all of which I believe are the most important parts of anybody's story of success. This is a place where we say what nobody else is saying. Truth with Tara, welcome to The Fold. Yeah, it's true that you don't gotta- What's up, everybody, and welcome to Truth With Tara. Today is part two of my How to Write a Song Anyone Can Sing Masterclass that I performed with Song Chasers songwriting course. Members, they were on a Zoom call with me, and if you missed last week's episode on it, you're going to make sure that you want to go back and check that out first before you listen to this one, because it is in order. There's some really cool exercises and um, suggestions and pieces of insider info that I really want you guys to get out of the these podcast episodes that I'm releasing from this masterclass. So make sure to go back and listen. And if you have listened to last week's, make sure that you get your notes ready and out and that you are ready to absorb all that this week's episode has for you. I love you guys, and I hope you enjoy it. All right. So we're going to move on um, to writing for vocal style. I love this because I love styling songs. Sometimes I do it too much. Um, I like to season my food too much too. It's a thing. I guess it's I do too much of everything. So writing for vocal style, here's some thoughts to consider, all right? I want you to list... Three to five singers who have influenced you the most. You don't have to do it in the chat, but do it like in notes or in your writing journal, or whatever. So list three to five singers who have influenced you the most over your life or as your lifetime as a songwriter. And what about their voice speaks to you? OK, now, listen, I'm not talking about what about their songwriting? What about the music production? What about? No, I'm talking about their voice itself. What about the way that they are delivering the melodic line and the lyrics vocally gets to you? Three to five singers. Doesn't have to be on a billboard chart, top chart, by the way. It's just for you personally. Because right now, writing for vocal style, what I'm giving you right now is building out the avatar of your style based on who you are, the essence of what you love as a person, not what you want to try to sound like. That's that's poser stuff. That's impersonation. There's only one you. And in order to get to your sound and your vocal style, you have to go through this process for you, not for what you think you should sound like, for what you actually sound like. There's a difference. Okay. So three to five singers who have influenced you the most. And what about their voice itself really gets to you, really speaks to you. Okay. Then after you do that, you're going to list three to five songs that you feel most resonate with you as a songwriter? And what about those songs make you feel that way? Again, this is not then about the vocal delivery. It's not about the production of the song. And if you really just love the string section, that has nothing to do with it. We're talking about lyrics and melody only. So if all of that was stripped away and someone who could only marginally sing the song sang it, and if it was just guitar and vocals or piano and vocals, would you still feel the same way about that song? Three to five songs that you feel most resonate with you in that way, lyrically and melodically. Yeah? Okay. Then you're going to take the explanations of those whys, because you're going to explain to me, you're going to list the songs, three to five times singers, three to five times songs, and you're going to tell me why you feel that way about those things. So you're going to take the whys after you've done that of those three to five each, and you're going to create descriptive words and adjectives and make another list. So you're going to make another list. So let me give you a very quick example. If, if I love the song, if I love the vocals of At Last, I love Etta James vocal delivery of At Last. Okay, I'm only going to do one each for time. And let's just say I love um, the songwriting of um, Jesus Take the Wheel. Totally different. Completely different. It doesn't even have to be the same genre, right? Shouldn't be actually. I'm going to write descriptive words of why, like, um, like texture. I love Etta James texture, vocal flexibility. Um, I love, I love her manipulation of timing, how she goes behind the tempo and above the tempo and, and manipulates the time, even though underneath is constant. Um, I love, I love the songwriting of Jesus Take the Wheel because it's gotta be a why, because I love the, the I love that it's faith-based. I love the the longing in it. I love the desperation in it. I love the descriptive words in it. I love the storytelling in it. Um, I love the surrender. Oh, I'm letting go. Give me one last chance, right? So you see, I'm I'm using these words, right? Okay. And I'm creating this verbal storyboard of what really makes me who I am as a singer and as a songwriter. And for vocal style, you have to know what really gets to you in order to then impart it into your vocal delivery of any song. So this is the storyboard of your style. And then once you have these adjectives and look, you write down as many, just like word vomit it out, right? Write down as many as you want. Once you're finished, then go back, refine it, pick apart the ones that you don't feel Are really as hard hitting. Like there might be some that overlap. You might have a little bit of fluff in there. You might have just put something in there because you think like your list is not long enough. Okay, go back and refine it and see if you can get to like ten or twenty single words or short phrases. Don't be be pithy about it. Don't be long winded. Like I love this song because it just makes me feel. It reminds me when I'm a kid. Let me tell you that no, like very short phrases or one word responses of descriptions. Okay, ten to twenty of those. And if you want to take it a step further, which I suggest you doing, we really want to bring life again, visuals, right? Make it as tangible as possible. So take that storyboard, that verbal storyboard of those 10 or 20 lists of um, words or short phrases. And then I would even go so far and have gone so far for my artists as to create congruent colors and textures that you feel would go well with this vibe that you've got going on to bring a visual and tangible physical element to it all. So going back to my example of um, Carrie Underwood and Etta James, all right, let's just say my words are, again, like um, like deep feeling, longing, um, and uh, let, me, let me just pick a third that's kind of an outlier, deep feeling, longing, and um, vocal flexibility, all right? I'm then going to take some colors to that. And I feel like those three to me are like, like a maroon and a mahogany brown. And I feel like it's, it's like a, like a cobalt blue. Right. And then I'm going to think, okay, well, what kind of texture? Like, I feel like right now I'm thinking in my head, especially vocal flexibility. I'm thinking of like, like, you know, like silly putty that like bends, you know, something that's, that's very fluid that bends or like a straw that bends in all different directions. And then I'm thinking of like a rich velvet also for like that that longing, right? That, that storytelling element of it, you know? So, so do you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm actually like creating this whole avatar of a feeling and not just feeling and leaving it there, but of a visual of that and a feel of that too. So that when I go to write, I say, this is who I am. So for me, and it, you could have a totally different color, but for me, when I think of like the word longing, I think of like fall colors or like rich tones, like, like a cobalt blue. And then when I when I think of like um like vocal flexibility, I think of that straw, right? Or let's say let's say one of your words was uh, texture, I would think of like a velvet, like a like something that's very fun to touch, that kind of moves or does something, yeah. So what we're trying to do in doing this, it's not to be weird and it's not to be abstract. It's to actually try to create some some clarity, some some tangibility to what is not tangible, which is writing a song. You're creating. Something out of, well, freaking nothing, right? So we want to be able to then say, hey, this is who I am. This is what it kind of looks like. And when I go to write a song that that has these qualities in it, I'm going to try to make it velvety. I'm going to try to make it fluid. I'm going to try to make, make it bendy like a straw. I'm going to try to think of those colors. I might even have them around me when I write, to create this melodic line that might be a little melancholy, it might be behind the tempo. I'm trying to put into physicality what is not in in physical form. And by doing this storyboard exercise, you're really allowing your brain to wrap itself around the intangible and create something more tangible out of it that's closer and more um, directly related to what I believe would be your vocal style know who you are, know who your style is now as a songwriter so that you're set up for success when that moment strikes. And you're like, I already know I've got my list here of adjectives. I've got my colors. I've got my textures. I'm going to pull this, this, and this boom, here we go. You don't have to do it then do it now. Okay. We're going to move on how to demo your song as a singer. Yeah. So again, this goes back to the purpose of why you wrote the song in the first place. Are you writing it for yourself? Are you writing it for someone else? you wanting to license it, place it, whatever. You only, you know that. But the very first thing and the most important thing I want to tell you in regards to demoing your song is this pre-production in humility. I know that's probably not what you were expecting me to say, but it is the most important thing you can possibly do for your song. Think about it like a child, because that's how I think about my songs, right? They're your babies. Your mindset and mantra at all times throughout the process of recording that song that's finished should be whatever is best for the song. Period. I know it's personal. I know you wrote it. I know that you may have this deep connection to the song. And maybe you had a parent that passed and it's in honor of them and it's super personal. And no one's no one's gonna tell you, you know, which way to go or not in this song. It's not gonna go anywhere if that's your mindset. I promise. There's no pride in the success of any song. Your mantra should always be what is best for the song. And that is even to the extent of maybe what isn't best for you, because it's not about you anymore. It's about the life of the song. Just like I might be pregnant with a child and it's about me because I'm carrying that child. But once that child is born, it's no longer about me. It's about the life of that child. Right? So again, what is best for the song? So what could be best for the song? Well, what's best for the song may mean, that even though you're a singer-songwriter, it may mean that another singer cuts the vocals. Because for whatever reason, the timbre and texture of their voice or the story that they're telling with their voice, it might be better for the song. It might mean that even though you're a kick butt guitar player, you are too close in relation to the song and, and you don't have good perspective. It's it's just too closely to related. And you need to have another musician cut the instrumentals for your song. It may mean if you're an engineer, that you need to have another engineer work on the song and produce the song, whatever is best for the song. It may mean that you need to do all three of those things, even though you'd love to hire it out, but no one is cutting the mustard like you know you can. That's a tough one. I often like delegating way more than I like doing it myself, but you may need to be the it person for everything, but whatever's best for the song. Um, Remember why you created the song in the first place. That's my second point. What's the end goal? and function of the piece? Licensing, artist placement, personal use, what's the end goal? Okay. And finally, clean and simple demos is always key. We are not talking, we're talking about demoing the song right now, guys, right? We're not talking about, oh, releasing it on Spotify. We're talking about like getting it to a manager of an artist, or we're talking about like seeing if this company might want to pick it up you know, and then we'll build the rest of the song out. Or we're just even talking about demoing it out so that we have perspective on whether this verse should be in this place or not, format-wise. Who knows, right? But clean and simple when you're talking about a demo is always the best, especially in context of pitching a song to another artist. And I, I see this so much, um, and I, I struggle with it a lot because I've worked with a lot of singer-songwriters, and I've worked with a lot of singer-songwriters whose intention is to place songs with bigger artists, And because they're singer songwriters themselves, they think, well, if I just perform this well enough and if I just hit this note or riff off this note enough, then certainly Rihanna's going to pick it up. And I'm like, Rihanna, A, may not even listen to it. And B, if she does, she doesn't want to hear you in the song. She wants to hear her in the song through you so that she can relate, attach and then pick up the song. And eventually, essentially, that's what you want, too. But sometimes our ego gets in the way. And we think, well, if we just try hard enough then, right? But that's not the case. It's not about you or you in the song. It's about how the song makes the person who's picking it up feel. And that goes for whatever your purpose is, if it's outside of yourself, licensing, artist placement, whatever. If it's for you and if it's for personal use, then that's a different story, right? But I would still recommend if it's a demo to make it clean. Don't add, and again, I'm I'm speaking to myself because... I'm a riffer and a runner, right? But don't add all that stuff into a demo. You want to be, it's it's like um, it's like a very clear map, you know. You you don't need all of the leaves on the trees and the mountains. You just need a little carrot for the mountain, you need a little path with dots. It's it's an outline, it is not the finished product. Okay, so think stick figure life here, not complete artistic painting that costs 10 grand. All right, you don't want the stick figure to suck, it needs to have a straight spine but it doesn't need to be more than a stick figure. It needs to be really clean, really easy to hear and let the song breathe life of its own within the context of that example. I hope that you guys really got a lot out of this unique two-week podcast series on how to write a song that anyone can sing. If it helped you or if you have more questions about it, please feel free to let me know. You can email info at terrasimonstudios.com. If you're looking for help yourself and you need a little bit more in-depth help, you can get lessons from us privately at terrasimonstudios.com. You can also check us out on YouTube for free coaching tutorials as well as our eight-week and four-week singing course. All of that can be found on our website as well. Thanks so much for listening and tuning in, guys, and we'll see you in the next one.